Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of Christ. Hello, this is Rick and welcome to the Presence Podcast. Glad you are here for episode number 86 in my second year. I'm grateful that you are wherever you are listening as I share with you how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open yesterday to the holy presence of Christ. Thank you for being here. Well, I sit sort of outside. I'm sitting in my car recording once again from a place I've recorded this podcast from before outside of my wonderful local public library. And I'm doing this because I want to share with you from a book that is overdue because it's popular, it's new, it's pretty wonderful, actually. And I want to need to actually return it. So I'm going to record and read a little bit from it and then go about my way returning the book. Yesterday, though, about this time, a little earlier in the day, actually, I was able to do something for the first time, which was go for a walk in a new, undeveloped public park. Now, this undeveloped public park ultimately will become part of what we call the metro parks, which are here in Columbus. They are, um, I think they're governed by the county or the city, I'm not exactly sure, but a wonderful set of parks that do not charge admission, which is pretty wonderful, and have all sorts of different events and recreational opportunities and really quite wonderful. Well, this is a uh, tract of land that the Metro Parks have purchased recently, and they've not yet developed it, meaning there are no formal trails, there are no markings, there's no parking lot. I only knew about it because I had talked to someone on a hike at a Metro Park recently, and he gave me the uh, info about where to find the trails and where to park and so forth. So yesterday was a beautiful, wonderful day weather-wise. I went with myself, by myself, and um, something I think actually kind of good happened. I was um, all ready to listen to an audiobook that I'm, uh, well, I have finished now, but I was just getting near the climax yesterday. I was very eager to listen to it. But uh, my Bluetooth headphones were out of charge, so I had to go headphone-less, which turned out to really be a good thing because it allowed me to listen, to listen to the sound of the breeze and the trees, to listen to the uh, critters, mostly squirrels that I saw in the underbrush, just allowed me to really be present to the surroundings. And um, it was kind of neat because there was not a marked trail, but it became pretty clear that through the woods, and this was not a densely packed woods, there was a path that had been trod. And actually, I think you could tell in places that um, because it wasn't such a clear path, people had put down tree branches to sort of uh, guide the way, tree branches that were sort of guardrails, if you will, to direct the hiker in the correct direction. So I used these markings, I used a sense of intuition, I used 
my senses, and um, eventually made it to the place that I was seeking, which was an overlook. Now, it's not an overlook of a river, and it's not a canyon or anything like that. It's a creek, and the valley is not that deep. But it was an overlook, and it was kind of neat being kind of high up, being able to look down and to see the creek below. Now, it's the height of summer, so the trees are in full bloom, and there wasn't a great view of the creek below, but I look forward to coming back in a few months when the leaves are gone. I think there'll be a pretty awesome view, and uh, that'll be something to uh, put on the to-do list. And... There were signs of human involvement. There was a tree house that someone had built back there that um, some of the rungs on the tree were missing and I decided not to venture up the tree Um, and as well as a few other um, types of um, uh, human uh, impact. But what was so neat about it was that until the very end of my hike, when there was a family uh, coming into the trail, I was the only person. I didn't see anyone else. I could barely hear cars. And it was just wonderful to be that alone. But I never felt alone. Because, again, as I was seeking to be present to the woods, to the sounds, to the sights, the smells, um, I felt God's presence in the midst. And I was thinking about a reading that I had done very recently. And this is the book that I'm going to be returning to the library here in just a moment. The name of the book is called Underland, A Deep Time Journey. And the author is Robert McFarland. And he's a writer that I've read a couple, or started to read some of his other books. And he's not really a nature writer. He's really more of kind of a nature poet. The turn of phrase that he uses, the way he looks at the natural environment, um, is really quite something. And um, in this particular book, his newest, he's looking at what lies beneath. He's looking at caves and passages and catacombs. And in this chapter, he's looking at what lies beneath the ground in the forest, in the woods. And the research that is continuing to develop that shows that trees are connected. Not just that their roots are connected, but that there are various types of fungi that are in the soil between the roots that essentially make a message system. That there is a network that these fungi and the root systems and so forth create among the trees and other plants that are in the forest. And it has sort of been jokingly, but I think aptly called the wood wide web, wood wide web. And it really is a web. And I like this passage that McFarlane writes, and I think it has a lot of insight into reality. So McFarlane writes on page 103, he says, Certainly orthodox Western understandings of nature feel inadequate to the kinds of world-making that fungi perform. As our historical narratives of progress have come to be questioned, so the nature of the notion of history itself has become remodeled. History no longer feels figurable as a forwards-flighting arrow or a self-intersecting spiral, 
better, perhaps, seen as a network, branching and conjoining in many directions. Nature, too, seems increasingly better understood in fungal terms, not as a single gleaming snow peak or tumbling river in which we might find redemption, nor as a diorama that we deplore or adore from a distance, but rather as an assemblance of entanglements of which we are messily part. We are coming to understand our bodies as habitats for hundreds of species, of which Homo sapiens is only one, our guts as jungles of bacterial flora, our skins as blooming fantastically with fungi. I love that line in there about that we are in a semblance of entanglements of which we are messily apart. And I think that is a revelation of God because of the interconnectedness that all of humanity has and all of creation has, that Christ in creating creation has made these webs, these networks, these connections that we all have. And there are so many different ways that we can see this. And I think this undergrowth, what it lies beneath the ground in a typical forest, in the woods that I was walking in yesterday, shows us, reveals to us the nature of creation. And I think this has huge impacts in how we see ourselves in the role of individual versus collective, and also in our politics and the way we face the challenges of our time, such as global climate change. We are an interconnected globe and trying to put up borders and walls and Um, The nationalism that we see rising, it's not going to work because the the connections that the climate has is, is well beyond all of that or any of that. And even the nationalities and the refugees and the migrants and all of that issue falls apart as well because we all are connected, even if we don't always see or understand or want to acknowledge those connections. So this was floating around in my mind yesterday as I enjoyed a lovely afternoon in a park that is not yet developed on a day when I had my heart and my mind filled with the presence of Christ, enjoying the breeze and the trees and knowing and reflecting upon the world, the wood wide web beneath my feet. And so, dear listener, in conclusion, where do you see those webs of connections, those places where we are all connected? And can you see Christ being not just the connections, but the whole network? And keeping in mind this idea of movement and evolution and growth and change, how Christ is also the energy that moves forward, all that is. As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.